0: (laughs) It's almost ready.
1: Kevin, what are you building? Is that a...
0: Excuse me for a second, Nancy.
1: Christina, I've got puppies over
0: here. Nice puppies.
1: I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) Now, now, do it now. Launching.
2: Hey guys, have you guys seen Christina? Is, is that a catapult?
0: Um, she's uh, somewhere.
3: Hi, this is Sarah Austin from the Sarah Talk podcast. And I took a left at the valley and wandered 40 days and 40 nights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, well, that was perfect.
4: <laughs> I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist.
0: Coming at you from the long weekend, this is Left of the Valley my name is Kevin and I feel that being cremated is my last hope for a smoking hot body (laughs) dope joining me as usual is a team whose door is alarmed, the window is startled and the floor is somewhat taken aback she had a chameleon who couldn't change colors it was reptile dysfunction
1: (laughs) Nancy oh I like that one
0: (laughs) and she loves bad joke about eyes the cornier the better (laughs) Kristen (laughs) oh that was good that's how I roll. <laughs> but uh, Guys, welcome back. Hope you had a great week.
1: It is. I think you need to explain long weekend
0: yeah, to it those is. who uh, are
1: not in Canada.
0: That's right. It is a long weekend. What's, what's so special about this long weekend? I can't even know. But before we do all that...
1: It's Victoria Day.
0: Oh, yes. Victoria Day. The one queen we don't care about. <laughs> Excellent. And, of course, let's not forget the return of... Dominic is back I'm back <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, buddy Thank you been thank me. It's been a while It's been quite a while Yes, yeah, good yeah, stuff Yeah, but it's
1: always a joy to have him
0: Yes, absolutely And we miss yes. him when
1: he's not here Yes, yes, yes With we, every we need to improve our aim
0: Yes, absolutely <laughs> 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 And you know what? We have a special guest in the show We have a friend of the show, Jill Hi, Jill, how you doing? I'm fine. Great. Hey, we managed to have that out of her. <laughs> now, we might not know, but uh, Jill is actually, she's not an atheist. She's actually a Mormon. Uh-huh. We've never had a Mormon on the yeah. show. So this is fun. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because a couple of weeks ago I was saying that, you know, it seems every time we get these these uh, preachers at the door for every 10 knocks, it seems like eight of them are Jehovah's Witnesses and only two of them are Mormons. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems there's much less of them. And right under my nose... My friend Joe, who we've been friends for acquaintances for quite a while, um, I had no idea. So, right under my nose. I well, had a Mormon that, all this time.
1: But that keeps up our <laughs> reputation as being the most diverse podcast. On the internet. <laughs> yeah, we I We so. really are. I yeah.
0: guess so. Uh, and proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, of course, there's been a lot of things going on. And, of course, i got to point out that... Dominic just turned 14.
2: Oh, Dominic.
0: Oh, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you.
2: Happy birthday.
0: How does it feel to be 14 now? Um, another day in a year? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Doesn't change from being 13, does it? Nope. Exactly. (laughs) There's no difference. (laughs) It kind of keeps going that way, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. He's sporting a snazzy new Apple Watch for his birthday. Look at that. Fabulous. Yeah, it's looking pretty snazzy there, buddy. I Might have to steal that off you. No. (laughs) Go away.
1: Yeah, I hope you're still here when we uh, celebrate your 21st.
0: Yes, exactly. Come at me, bro. (laughs) He just flicked open a switchblade comb at me. The old classic switchblade comb. I used to have that same thing when I was 14, and now he's got one amazing.
1: Uh,
0: so today we're going to have a fantastic show. We're going to be talking to your old friend, David Fitzgerald. Always Yay! a pleasure. Yes, probably one of my favorite guests of all time, and I've got many of his books right there that I'm looking at, and we're going to be talking about Moses, oh, and wow. the history city of Moses.
5: Huh. Moses?
0: Quick question for you, Jill. Uh, in, in in your faith, is Moses a really um celebrated character
5: he's considered a prophet
0: yeah okay cool perfect perfect we're gonna be crashing those dreams soon (laughs) (laughs) but first let's do a chit chat um did you guys hear that uh, germany opened a six mile e-highway electric highway near Frankfurt really? essentially oh. they have 670 volt uh, 670 volt cables overhead that can be used with conductor rods and they can but they're powerful enough to uh, for semis just like the uh, just like the the, the, the the buses in Vancouver mm-hmm. to get underneath and connect and then they're electric the electric semis and they power that um, wow. you have to be going less than 56 miles an hour to connect. And uh, it would save about 40, uh, 40 ton truck About th- 20,000 euros In fuel cost Over 62,000 wow. miles 20,000 euros Is 20, it's Euro.
1: operational
0: though? And, uh, well there's 6 miles of it They've done And wow. yes it's operational So it's wow. pretty damn cool you yeah. know? So no, you have a semi you, Electric They're running out of power They can just get under the lines Raise their rods Connect to it And boom Recharge And keep going for that That plane. is awesome That's pretty yeah. cool Switzerland did the same thing With electric cars Didn't they? I don't know I don't know. Could be. We'll have to look into it. Uh, we're going to suddenly be talking about the climate the, the, this week. Um, did you guys hear that it was apparently 84 degrees Fahrenheit in, um, I'm going to masquerade this town, Arkhangelks? Ar- this is in Russia, oh. near the Arctic Circle. Um, <laughs> wow. 84 Fahrenheit for, for us that are in metric is
1: 28.9. Holy wow. Oh, that must have destroyed a lot of. Yeah. Near wow. the
0: Arctic Circle. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I don't like those temperatures here. The average at this time of year is fifty four, which is twelve degrees Celsius. And yeah. you know, from going from twelve to thirty degrees almost is yeah.
1: It's a big jump. How, how long
0: did uh, how long did that temperature last? Well, it, it lasted just for a couple of days. Oh, I'm okay. not sure if it's gone back down, but of course this is blame off of course on the uh, the carbon in the atmosphere, which is now at the rate of four hundred fifteen point twenty six ppm parts per million, which is way above what it should be. And this is actually became, becoming really serious, to the point that even uh, famed scientist Bill Nye, remember Bill Nye? Bill Nye How can we forget God. Bill Nye? Bill Nye had this, this wonderful little, little clip that he did, uh, basically saying, uh, pardon my French here, but the planet is on fucking fire. So listen to this, so this is wonderful, Bill Nye.
3: Here, I've got an experiment for you. Safety glasses on. By the end of this century, if emissions keep rising, the average temperature on Earth could go up another four to eight degrees. What I'm saying is the planet's on fucking fire. There are a lot of things we could do to put it out. Are any of them free? No, of course not. Nothing's free, you idiots. Grow the fuck up. You're not children anymore. I didn't mind explaining photosynthesis to you when you were 12, but you're adults now, and this is an actual crisis. Got it? Safety glasses off, motherfuckers.
2: well he knows like that's his audience that he taught yes. as yeah. children. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> it's like he's oh wagging God. the finger at us. And say, you know what? You you guys are old enough now to start making sense here and start taking care of this problem. Like you yeah. idiots, yeah. what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. You yeah,
1: think he made the point strong enough? <laughs> oh,
0: I wow. just love this. I just oh, love this. Man. It was just beautiful. Thank um, you, Bill. And hopefully, you know, it's, it's fun to see Bill and I well for lack of a better word, come out of his shell. And he's actually using strong language. He says, come now, on. Now. I love this. <laughs> Fix it now. I'm going to, unfortunately, I still have some bad news. Um, the koalas. Everybody loves koalas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're now functionally extinct.
1: i read that. Yeah. yeah,
0: due to deforestation. There's a report by the Australian Koala Foundation, which the population is below the point of producing a viable genetic diversity of in a generation. Uh, so there's about eighty thousand left of them. There was uh, three hundred thirty-three. Uh, sorry, th- three hundred thirty thousand three years ago. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So essentially, uh, it, yeah, well, the,
1: the, the, the really bad news is is this is just the begin. Well, I don't know whether it's the beginning, but it's a trend. Yes. Yeah. There, yes. There's no way that a lot of these species that are on the edge are suddenly going to revive unless they're put into some kind of a, a program and
0: unless we actually like do step up and yeah. you know get yeah. to, because by themselves like I said it does sound like you know 80,000 koalas say well it's not like there's 20 left you're right but at 80,000 there's it's going to be much less genetic diversity it's yeah. going to weaken the species to the point that you know the next couple of generation of koalas are going to be going to have to start having real health issues yeah so a big of, yeah, the,
1: the the danger is that instead of zoos, they're going to be picture books yeah. of how animals and in museums, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. I
2: know. I've even seen, and I haven't looked into this personally, but even giraffes have
0: slipped into the endangered yeah. list. Yes. It's becoming, it's becoming, a, yeah, it's it's, and it's, it's like, alarming.
2: It's like nobody's noticed, because all the headlines I see about us, they've silently slipped into the endangered uh-huh. list. Yeah, yeah. And that's sad.
3: Yeah. I, I don't understand deforestation, to be honest. Why do you need that much land? Well, be, just be, leave it alone. For cattle.
2: You need that land for farms.
0: Yeah. You have land already. Just, you just, no, well, it's... The thing is, is the more yeah. the more, more, of us eat hamburgers, the more land they need to deforest, because the more cattle they need to produce... It's 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 all linked together at some point. And it's it comes a right back really to sad cycle.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, which is sort of a tangent, but have you noticed that here in the grocery stores in British Columbia they're now selling plant based hamburgers?
0: I have. I didn't um, see how much they were, but them.
1: this was the first week that I noticed that they're available commercially. I hope that's a good thing, but Let's taste them before we well, I've Thanks, I've, A&W.
0: I've, t- I've, t- I've tasted the one at A and W and it tastes actually really, really good. Oh have you? I I don't know how much about the science behind it. Uh-huh. If it is actually, you know, just a fad, because it's a bit like a product that says, Oh, it's organic, but is it really? You know? Yeah. So I don't I, I, I need to study this a bit deeper. But um, the one that I tried at A and W was they called the Beyond Meat Burger. It actually oh. tastes fantastic. Oh really? Yeah, absolutely. I was pleasantly surprised by that. I expected it to taste a bit like weird and mushroomy or something like that, but no, not at all. Hmm. Um, in other news, uh, do you guys see, speaking of Mango Mussolini there, you guys see that uh, Trump decided to pardon Conrad Black? Uh, you what? Yeah.
1: I mean, who, who, who's surprised? I mean, he'll pick, he's going to pick the biggest slime bags Yeah, exactly. To, to pardon as long as they were nice to him.
0: The former media mogul that was a longtime friend, apparently, was convicted of fraud in 2007. Um... Apparently he wrote a book in, the, uh, in, in praise of Donald Trump. By the way, we, maybe we should tell you that. Hey, Bernie Madoff, if you happen to be listening by any, way and by any chance and you want to get out of prison, just write a nice book about how Donald Trump is the best president exactly. ever. And then he's going to do exactly what he did to Conrad Black. He's going to phone you personally to tell you a part. Because apparently that's how it works. Cleaning the swamp, apparently. Ugh. Pardon my French. What the fuck are you doing, Orange Justice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, I certainly want to hear you, ladies, uh, your opinion about this—the whole Alabama and now misery, uh, misery, <laughs> Missouri. Misery. Should call it misery. Uh, the whole abortion issue they have down there,
1: and Ohio, and, and Ohio Missouri. It's like ah. and Alabama, and they're yeah. they're finally gathering all of these suits to. Go to the Supreme Court yes. so they can say, hey, Kavanaugh, you're our guy. Exactly. Hey, Gorsuch, you're our guy. Exactly. We've been waiting 40 years for this.
0: The worst part is what they're doing right now is actually unconstitutional.
1: Mm-hmm. And they know yeah. this.
0: But the thing is, is this is why the Supreme Court um, justice was so important, because what they do is they interpret the Constitution. So if the justices interpret the law, whatever law that they're passing right now, which is actually unconstitutional according to all the experts, but if the justices say, no, we actually don't see it that way, we see that it's actually, yeah, it's it's actually in, this, in the spirit of the Constitution, boom, it's done. It's now the law of the land. And this is yeah. exactly what the, those Christian groups are doing, yeah. which of course they don't realize that they're destroying so many lives of women by doing something like that. It's yeah. Like, My God, what are you thinking?
1: Well, this is—I mean, this is what is so horrible about it—is that you have legislators, and if you follow the news at all, most of the legislators who have been really rabid about passing this have absolutely no knowledge about about um, biology or or conception or anything. They—they've just made it up out of whole cloth, and the other legislators go, "Well, we don't care about the facts. We just want abortion to end, so we'll." regardless of what you say, I'm raising my my hand. And to think... That women in 2019 are so devalued and and yes. so subjugated, yes. and that they are you know what 51 percent of the of the population, and yet a minute portion of these old white guys are determining their faith. Yes. it's absolutely outrageous.
0: It's, well, the, even the prime the prime minister even pronounced himself on this, saying you know he's actually you know taken aback as to why the Americans are sliding back. The rights for women like that and it's yeah. good for him for saying so. Yeah,
1: yeah no they kidding. Are. But it is it is scary because even the experts are saying we know that the the most extreme Laws that have passed are not going to make it to the Supreme Court, but there are some pending that could cut it back. Yes. Cut Roe versus yes. Wade. Yes. Cut it back, and it's it's scary.
0: And this is but exactly what we've been saying this for. Even the past show, the last yeah. show, we say, yeah. said exactly this is why Christians always fight. They fight till the end like that because they know they're just trying to slide under the door. Right, it's all they're trying to do so they can get their their Jesus into into. Uh, wherever they are there. Yeah, and And, there
1: are conservatives in Canada who are also... trying to do the same now. ...marshaling their forces... ...to do exactly the same. But, you know, to to see women finally come into their own to be able to actually have the equality that they deserve and then have the abortion people say, oh, no, you can't. It's just it's a slap in the face. Yeah.
0: So I'm sorry if you're a 12 year old girl that just got raped somewhere in Alabama, there, but you're fucked. Your life is done. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not, They're not. you know, if you happen to be pregnant by your rapist there, that's too bad. You and know that I mean? really is the sad part, yeah.
2: sad part yeah.
1: about it. Now, hopefully, the ACLU and other organizations are going to stop the law from actually taking effect, but then it's going to go to appeal, and then it's going to go to the Supreme Court. So it's iffy whether or not it's actually going to be the law in those particular states, mm-hmm. because it wasn't... It, it, it was meant to be as draconian as possible for the courts. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Okay. We'll if follow the it.
5: Supreme Court isn't corrupt,
2: big word if, this should not pass because it's unconstitutional, according to the experts. But if somehow this passes. What what have we
3: done into the world?
0: Well, honestly? what have they done? And, you know, it's not, it's not up here in Canada, but, you know, we could see some conservative politicians using the same tactics to try to bring this kind of stuff up here. Uh, the, the the guy who might very well be our next prime minister, Andrew Scheer, did say he would consider reopening the abortion debate right here in Canada. So, exactly, exactly, right? So, so unfortunately, in Canada, we have this nasty, nasty tendency, in English Canada, anyway. I can say that because I'm French Canadian. <laughs> we have this nasty tendency to just look south, what goes on, and you know, start mimicking whatever happens down there, and good or bad, and that's a problem. Yeah, that's a big, big problem.
2: It's time we start looking south and start learning what not to do.
0: This is one of the reasons why I think a lot of people, a lot of Canadians, can learn stuff from Quebec because Quebec has a tendency to look to Europe. They don't look south. They don't look to the United States really to see what should. goes down. They look to France. They look to Belgium. They look to these places, right? So th- this is also why Quebec right now is the most progressive province in the country by far, right? But anyway, that's my opinion. That's it's only definitely a good idea. Yes, I, I, I think yeah. so. Anyway, let's move on. My dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us?
1: Of course I do. Fantastic. All right, so summer is coming. People want to look buff. They want to get their swimming suits on. They want to get out there and, and play. You I know, just watched my bikini line. The there we go. So, oh, boy. Yeah. So let's have a top 10 today about the best workout videos. Ooh. so You can get yourself in shape. Okay. Now, this is. All right, was, Kevin, pay attention. Now, <laughs> as with everything else, everything that um, is on a list is subject to people's subjective views and this is only one list called madfit.org okay. but let's see if any of you have actually heard of any of these workout videos or if you if you've actually you know,
0: i'd maybe. like to point out for people that would criticize my shape i round is a shape it's a good it's a good shape
2: <laughs> round, round is a very is a lovable shape. shape it's a very very <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. it is okay here we go at number 10 um, this is a workout video called Alo Yoga. Has Aloe anyone yoga. heard of Alo Yoga? It's a, a stretching out um, type video, and it's supposed to be one of the best videos um, on YouTube. And it's um, there's also an apparel brand called Alo Yoga Yoga that yoga. Uh, it kind of goes along with. With what, they alo, like my, so what they When
0: they say aloe, is like my... What do you think, like aloe vera, the plant?
1: Yeah, no. These guys aren't trying to sell you anything during the functional flow um, of the video itself. It's just sort of a, okay. a marketing thing that's associated aloe with... Yoga. Anyway, tactic. flexibility and inner peace. Nobody's heard of it here, so... Nope, nope, no. very nice. I it's have
2: heard of goat meditating. yoga, but not aloe yoga.
1: Okay, it's, the aloe is all small letters, a l o. And then yoga. Yeah. Okay. Number nine.
5: Same is thing called, as meditating,
0: you'd think.
1: Yeah. Number nine is called Pop Sugar Fitness. Anybody here? Pop of that? Sugar Fitness. It's yeah. It's it, not
0: something I'm into. Now
1: that features everything <laughs> from a thirty-minute uh, butt, butt-toning workout to full body. Workouts.
0: Why were you looking at me when you said butt toning workouts?
1: <laughs>
0: what, what are you implying?
1: I probably you got a really cute butt. No <laughs> <Well, laughs> yeah, I, I Thought it wasn't that. the other way around. I know. You're Whoa. always you're always waiting for for somebody you know to say something, but and then you get a you get a compliment. And you don't know how to. No, know I don't it. know how to. You didn't it. know how to take that. I did no, know how to take it. I that's why I threw. I'm blushing at him. now. Yeah, I made him made him blush. <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> So anyway, Pop Sugar Fitness has a video for every day of the year plus some and it's a great option for those who crave variety. I don't know whether that's I that may went it may be on uh, on YouTube as well. Pop sugar. Sounds like a teen a you know, teen name it does. for Pop Sugar, but it may be better than maybe better than the name um, i don't want to know okay number eight <laughs> is called crossfit
0: oh yeah. yeah that's very oh, now popular we're getting that's, better? that's uh, very popular, popular.
1: okay i i'm i wondered how far up the ladder we'd have to go um so that i gather kevin that you can build your own crossfit routine with a mashup of different moves from yeah. the youtube channel
0: yeah oh yeah exactly it's uh yeah, exactly. They, they okay. have CrossFit videos all over the place.
1: So this is really a good one to keep your muscles stoked. Even, um, you know, uh, um, regardless of what mashup you use, there's mm-hmm. something for everybody. They also have a post-workout protein-rich, they also have recipes mm-hmm. to help you with your workout. Um, uh, to look good to help you refuel after them and um, this one is uh, a a workout you can do anywhere so you don't have to have any special equipment
0: we should should maybe emphasize that if you're looking for any of these videos it's always good to consult your physician first oh yeah because some of these movements may seem very easy for a person that's in very good shape to do but you know if you have a physical ailment or even a bad hip or something like that these kind of movements can actually hurt you so you have to be careful and be very selective. Remember that your fitness program caters to you and you alone. What they have there on any of these programs they show is essentially a big sample, an example, but you have to customize it to you
1: absolutely Be very
0: careful absolutely
1: i think some of these workouts have that at the at the beginning so that there's a, a maybe not a warning yeah. but a cautionary okay number seven out of the ten is jessica smith anybody know jessica no no she makes a list of the best workout uh she makes this list because she's perky <laughs> there's nothing like a perky you know workout person to motivate you. Are
0: you talking anyway, about her breast or she's just perky as a person? <laughs> well, just, <laughs> <laughs> That's from my mind. Wait, 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 so anyway, what she, are you talking about?
1: She says that there's no crazy exercises, revealing outfits or negative energy, just common sense fitness advice and support from a certified wellness coach, trainer and instructor. And she has almost 20 years of experience. Nice. And she has Ooh. a bulldog. <laughs> so that's, oh well, okay. I'm sold. She has
2: you. a bulldog. That's it. Exactly. We, you know,
1: we're we're on with Jessica. There we go. Okay, um, number six. Number six. I, I'm I'm hoping I say this right. Blogites. B l o g i l a t e s. Blog? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, if you like Pilates, but hate the old school DVDs um these offer short free pilates videos that can be done alone to target specific muscle groups or strung together to make a full body workout Mm. and um i don't know what the lady's name that does this but she's supposed to be very fun very professional and have a massive life she has a massive library um so uh she's um supposed to be pretty pretty good she may be somebody to to look out she's Number six, but she's got a pretty high rating, even though she's That's only pretty number neat. six. Okay, number five. Studio Sweat on Demand.
0: Sweat on demand.
1: Sweat on. De- I know. I'm. Turn on the taps. Things. Yeah, these are all on on ah. YouTube. So, you know, I I have no idea. Maybe these will be you know things that you can you know explore and see how good they are um, on your own. Anyway, the Studio Sweat on Demand. Um, uh, has best workout videos that are like a private cycling class so you can take an indoor bike or a hotel gym or a bike trainer or whatever so um, I gather these are mostly um, for your bike that you, that you can use but mm-hmm. give it a give it a whirl yeah you know see what it's give like it a spin. 4 out of 10 called Shape which is I mean that's an easy title yeah um, this is a the, the uh, person that, that did the list has a plug and uh, she says that for these videos are deep dives into exercise um, as well as a 30-day challenge and it also gives behind the scenes peaks of what's going on so it's, most of these exercises are sort of tough love not like Jillian Michaels but you know sort of in that genre or um, there are also some tried and true at-home workout videos. They're supposed to be, you know, a, a collection of different different ways to reach your reach your goal, which is a good thing. Mm. Okay, here we go. Let's hope somebody recognizes one of the top three here, since they're supposed to be pretty good.
0: Just means we're all out of shape. That's
1: all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that too.
2: We've established round as a shape. Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: exactly. So it's pair. pair. So number a shape.
1: three out of ten is called Mad Fit. Do we know Mad Fit? Nope, no?
0: Nope. This is uh, really Mad Fit.
1: Most of these are uh, 10 to 15 minutes long, and you can sneak in a workout if you have just a little bit of time. So that's good. Number two <laughs> is a guy whose name is Mike Donovanick. Dovett?
5: No. Oh, man, he's number two,
1: this, Whoever made this list sure picked the old, you know, picked a lot of people who... Well, we're well, well, just the ones that are
0: ignorant about this. Either
1: all. either these people are second-rate or they're hidden gems, one well, of the two. Yeah,
0: maybe we're the ones that okay. are ignorant about Okay, so...
1: He's he's guy. Supposedly, this is if you watch him, he's going to be your new virtual sweat BFF. And he's supposed to have really butt kicking exercises, uh, from uh, kettlebells to kickboxing. So he's really Ooh. supposed to be pretty good. His last name is spelled D O N A V A N I K. it.
5: And Darn it. he's
1: Darn it. on YouTube. <laughs> okay, the number the the um, number one number one. Has anybody heard of a lady named Joanna Soh, a- S-O-H? Nope, doesn't ring your I'm bell man. either. Yeah, I, we're in the... I'm sorry. I know, we're in the workout wasteland here. Well,
0: but, we need to get her ass in the gym, apparently. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so this lady who's rated number one that we haven't heard of, but maybe some of our listeners are going, oh my God, these people are, you know, so... <laughs> lost in the workout field. They don't know. They must all be sitting around, you know, Podcasting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Joanna So is a personal trainer and she has supposedly the best workout videos, kick-ass circuits that burn 400 plus calories, Mm. strength challenges that call for a thousand squats and lunges, and more. And... Your leg muscles are really going to be targeted and be on fire in the best way.
0: Wow, I think I need to look her up there.
1: There we go.
2: Hey, Kevin, remember our ab challenge? Yeah. (laughs) That sounds very familiar. It does.
1: Anyway, you can always listen to this little segment a couple times until you... Yeah. But there are at least 10 that you can try out if you're tired of the same, you know... YouTube videos or whatever it is that you're using.
0: Tired of being round as a sheep? There you know, she <laughs> Try something else. Come <laughs> and twig.
1: That's right. <laughs> Cute butts to everybody.
0: Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Alright, my dear Kirsten, you have a, another brilliant moment for us? Yes, I do. Brought to you by religion.
2: Okay, so under Jewish law, on the Sabbath, which is Friday night to Saturday night,
0: correct? That's right. Correct. Well, a lot of people don't know that
2: you're not supposed to carry any of your possessions between private domains and public domains. So basically, you can't take things from inside your house to outside of your house. Hmm. But what if you want to take your baby to synagogue or you need to move your car out of the driveway, but it requires taking your keys outside, which you can't do because that's your those are your private things. Yeah, it's
0: considered work, and under the Jewish Sabbath law, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath.
2: However, Orthodox Jews figured out a loophole all they have to do is turn a public domain into a larger private one. And problem solved. They accomplish this by creating what's known as an A-Roof. Mm-hmm. An a is essentially a gated community built using poles and string. <laughs> you put up the poles all around a city, connect them with a string, and you've created a brand new giant private domain.
1: <laughs>
0: they just created a whole magic yeah, but- barrier?
1: Right, but in in, in all fairness, a, a lot of Jewish communities that do this use the electric poles as their as their boundaries. So they, they're bound by the the uh, electric um, um, system that's yeah. already in place. So they
0: go with kind of a pre-existing... Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> if possible. So in other words, they're just trying to find a way around uh, God's laws, essentially. So yeah.
2: in Manhattan, they don't use just the electric poles manhattan has one of the largest permanent arubs in the country costing an estimated one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to maintain if you want to see what a harmless religion delusion looks like which you know it's kind of nice finding that loophole um this may be the best example so what they basically have and there is a picture is just strings on the pole on poles all over the place and normal people don't even see them so every Thursday before dawn a rabbi drives the perimeter checking to see if wind or f- or fallen tree branch has broken the line and there is usually a few breaks um, so a construction company is called and the rabbi gets in a cherry picker with fishing line in hand to repair the a roof <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because if you drive around the perimeter you realize the string is broken, then God can sneak in and see that what you're doing is not right. That's
5: right.
2: Here's a
0: question Manhattan is <laughs> in like New York or hmm? Manhattan is in New York? Yeah. Or... I believe yeah. so, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Well, whatever, <laughs>
1: where, wherever there's an Orthodox community, you're going to find them. The, yeah. yeah. I just,
0: I know. New York seems to be... A, I, I, we don't have a lot of Jews around here where we are, no. but there seems to be a lot of them in New York, so... And just, out in the Bronx.
2: That just sounds like just... It just made me happy because it's this fun little loophole that they found. Yeah, and they, just...
0: they're very good at doing that. Yeah, it's like and I, this I, particular I, one, I saw one time the, the uh, a telephone they've invented where they're not supposed to push a button on the Sabbath. Right, it's worked. They're not supposed to. It's pushing a button is work so what they do is essentially there's a phone that kind of dials all the numbers at the same time but if you if you if you uh, if you insert a rod somewhere it stops it from dialing that particular number or something like that it's it's just a, a a gimmick to go around being able to push the button you know and it's all done just because of the sabbath and it, it, you look at it. this is how ridiculous is this you know but
1: but that's i mean it's important to obey all the rules yes i i yes. if you have if you have one orthodox community let's say in new york mm. and you have another orthodox community maybe eight blocks away do the lines intersect <laughs> <laughs> or, do you, or, or do they make or do they have you know, some kind of a cooperative um, arrangement where they enlarge to take in Maybe. both of the orthodox. So, so
0: you're saying, so? They have but the, if
1: one is orthodox and the other is ultra orthodox, they don't all they they don't hmm. believe the same. So, so. Do you have
0: one string perimeter around one community, another string. So they yeah. like they make it like a, a, a string bridge from one I community to the next, and you could go in between the two.
1: <laughs> no, I, I I don't know.
0: I mean, it, it, it's just it, it, Orthodox it, Jewish. Uh, we don't talk about them a whole lot, but God damn, they're funny. Some of their beliefs well, the, are just have to start. Actually, the sterile. Orthodox,
1: the modern Orthodox now, are, 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 are doing well in the secular world. Mm-hmm. So it's the ultra Orthodox. Oh
0: yes, the ultra Orthodox. Yes, yes.
1: Both. I mean, all of whom observe the Sabbath, but with a greater degree of, of those restriction. Are the guys,
0: those are the guys that wrap themselves in plastic yeah. and airplanes and, and stuff like that.
1: And in some of the ultra, <laughs> in some of the ultra Orthodox temples, they actually hire a Mm non-Jew to take care of the the temple and to make sure that everything is is, uh, in working order.
0: You never heard of that one, Dominic, did you? Yeah. Nope. No, what they do is if they fly and they're not supposed to be close to to, to a cemetery, it's like they don't want to be okay. infected by the dead or something like that so they wrap themselves in plastic in the plane so as the plane is flying over the cemetery so they don't get infected by the dead that's essentially it yeah i know it's, it's just hilarious but.
1: and that's the ultra that's not the ortho yeah, that's no that's the, the ultra. ultra yeah
0: that's the ultra like the hardies, there, there's the a the difference tur- yeah yeah wow
1: yeah
0: anyway I have a question how would you determine it is
2: it just by fishing line or is it an it's, actual it's, string it's, I believe it's just fishing line that they use. <laughs> Ten pound test. Good luck seeing seeing that then. No, but they know where it is, you know. Yeah. It's mo- like it, like oh. it said in the article. Most people don't even really know it's there. Oh, Jesus. But it's just a really fun mental image to see, like, this spider web of swing over the city.
0: What if they have these little, these little weight bobbers as well, so when God passes by, it kind of it shows that, you know, the power of God's nearby. there. It's dipping. <laughs> oh. That's good. That's good. Is that all you got for us, yes?
2: No, I've got oh, more. Oh, okay, go yeah. for it. By We've own got means. time for more. I've got more. Round two. So, South Dakota's Republican governor, Christy Noem, recently signed into law Senate Bill 55 a bill that requires all public schools to display In God We Trust signs in a prominent place beginning the next school year. But the bill itself is fairly vague beyond those rules. And during a meeting of the Rapid City School Board, members of the Working to Initiate Social Equality Club, or WISE, at Stevens High School presented the board with a version of the sign they wanted to see in their school. Instead of just saying In God We Trust, it includes a lot of other words too. The sign offers a circle of options to stand in for the second word in the motto, including God, Yahweh, ourselves, science, Allah, Brahman, Buddha, and the spirits. No Satan? No Satan. Oh. I feel like that would have been a little bit of a hard one to pass. In
0: Satan we trust? I don't know. (laughs) Mm, But I like it how they put all of there. Yeah. Yeah, good love with that.
2: Exactly. I I think that's a really foundational element of American society is that we are a cultural melting pot and it is really important that we make all people who come to America to feel welcome and to be more in accordance with the First Amendment since we all have the freedom of religion, says Abigail Ryan, a Stevens student and member of WISE. The board heard the the student group's opinion but took no action on the matter. I think this is... Like, I love how they've gone about... Mm. Like, okay, fine. If we have to have this, let's try something. Let's try... Changing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Well,
1: is there anything what, what that says in no God we trust?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh boy, in Satan we trust.
0: Yeah, I, I I totally agree.
1: I mean, if you're going to include everyone, I, then
0: It said in science the, the, we trust. So it did tra-
2: have ourselves and science in there. They're, tra- they're trying
0: so hard. They're trying so hard to put in God we trust, uh, and you know what? They're, the original model of the states, "E pluribus unum," is so much better. It is it's 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 classier. It sounds better. It it has more meaning to it. They're trying really really hard to really impose this God we trust thing, and they really shouldn't because they they they're working on the myth that the United States was built on as a Christian nation. They're working on that, but if as soon as you take a, a, a look into it, even a cursory look into history, you realize it's not. But their entire foundational speeches. As a nation right now, as a Christian, quote, unquote, nation, count on this myth that the United States was built as a Christian
1: nation. It's a myth, but at the same time, you've got the First Amendment that separates church and state. Yes, And that's so hard for Christians to, to, or people who are religious, it's so hard for them to understand that's the law. You know, you can't put one toe over and say, well, it's okay, yeah. because we're doing it in the name of religion. Unless, no, you can't.
0: Unless... You have a Supreme Court Justice yes, that yeah. interprets the Constitution to mean something else. Exactly, right? Yeah, and this is yeah. why they were so why we're going yeah. back to, yeah. to the beginning. Anyway, thank you so much, Kirsten. Welcome. And let's take a quick pause. And when we come back, we'll be with our old friend, David Fitzgerald. Hello. I'm so excited. I'm so Hello. excited. Woo-hoo. All right, so stay with us. Hi, I'm God. And I just want to make sure to tell you
6: not... To listen to Unapologetics on Stitcher and SoundCloud. That's Unapologetics with an X at the end. But uh, yeah, definitely do not listen to the show. I mean, I swear to me, I right, I will murder my son. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of already did that. But uh, don't, just don't listen to the show, okay? Hey, Lucy. Can you not? Can you not call me that? Okay. We already went over what my name is. Okay. It's Lucifer. All right, look, Lucifer. Uh, you want to come with me? I'm going to go fuck with this guy, Joe. No, don't, don't do that. Okay. Can you just leave him alone? Yeah, I'm going to kill his family. No, don't, don't do that. I'm going to give him sores all over his body. Don't, don't, don't do that. That's disgusting. And, uh, I'm going to kill all of his livestock. You just, know. Oh, stop, stop saying things. Just stop. Yeah, I'm going to blame the whole thing on you. <laughs> Uh, Alright, let's go, bud. Remember, don't listen to Unapologetics on Stitcher and Clark. Hey, definitely listen to that show. It's awesome. It's really cool. He's really a dick. I heard that.
3: In a world torn apart by a lack of reason...
6: Or at least... And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the
0: morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free...
6: Learn more about the broadcast at
4: therighttoreason.com.
6: years this old man had taught us and he had believed, he believed that the Golgi apparatus was an artifact, he thought it didn't exist. And then one day an American cell biologist came and gave a public lecture in our department in which he demonstrated beyond all possible doubt that the Golgi apparatus was real. Our old man strode to the front of the lecture hall, shook him by the hand and said My dear fellow, I wish to thank you. I have been wrong these 15 years, and all of us applauded till our hands were red, and none of us will ever have forgotten that incident. That is science at its best. That's the very opposite of faith.
0: Is, needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyway. He probably is one of our favorite repeat guests. He is a historian and author extraordinaire and fantastic all around guy. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. David Fitzgerald is back. Woo! Oh, woo. Thank you so much, David, for being back.
3: Oh, how can I say no to, to an intro like that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> David, I know, I know, I'm sure many of our. are. are um, listeners have been following you and your adventures here on the show and all that, but for some of us that are new, uh, some oh. of our new listeners, maybe you'll be so kind to give us a quick bio as to who David Fitzgerald is.
3: Well, sure, sure, sure. Um, I am best known, I, I've done a couple of things, I've been an activist in the atheist community for decades now, and I'm probably best known in that for uh, starting the world's first atheist film festival, and uh, San Francisco's oldest Darwin Day festival, Evolution Palooza. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Even more than that, I became more famous as a a writer um, doing biblical history. Um, I have a degree in history, but I kind of shirk away from calling myself a historian since I'm not uh, in academia. Um, But the books I've written are mostly about um, the historicity issue of Jesus. Uh, There's Nailed, 10 Christian Myths That Show Jesus Never Existed at All. And a uh, a follow-up series called The Complete Heretic's Guide to Western Religion. Which has a book on the Mormons and uh, a three-part uh, follow-up to Nailed called "Jesus Mything in Action," um, where I just lay out all the, the arguments that um, point to the fact that Jesus probably didn't exist. In mm-hmm. fact, personally, I don't think there is even a chance he existed at all. And then, uh, and the future books in that series are going to be one on sex and violence in the Bible and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Those are the two coming up next in that series.
0: Oh, boy. That's going to be fun. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, I'm a, also a science fiction writer. I've been writing some science fiction. Uh, I've got a science fiction trilogy we can talk about later, too.
0: Actually, let's get that out of the way right now, because I've got okay. Kirsten. that she's jumping up and down <laughs> the couch right now, because oh. she loves that book so much. I do. So you've released Time Shard, which is the first Time of a Shard. trilogy, yes. right? And now you, yep. the, the second one is coming out real soon, right? The second one's coming up in
3: September 4th, which is just around the corner And when I think about it. Uh, we just turned it in like a week or so ago to our, our editor. And uh, um, for all the, 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 the trauma it is of writing a book and then going with your head-to-head you know, head against your co-writers and your editors, when you actually see what you've turned in, it's so exciting. And I'm super excited about book two because um, I, I love book one. But I think the books just keep getting better and better, honestly. I think the series, all the mysteries that we, we lay down in book one start to, to reveal in book two and three. And
0: uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing here because is like giddy like a little girl there. She's, like, she's almost jumping up and down. She's like, yes, me too. I want
2: the book. I don't want to wait until September. But I do have it on pre-order already.
0: Which is which is so hilarious because Kirsten, seven percent of the time, she's like like a tombstone. She's super quiet. and then she throws one line in there. And now today she's like completely like fangirl. Like, yes! I love you, Kirsten.
2: I love you too, and I can't wait for Shadow War. Oh, God.
0: Yay. And September 4th, you said?
3: September 4th. And l- unless something goes wrong in the publishing world, which, which never happens.
0: No, of course uh, not. Never, never. never, never. It, It'll it's come like, out some- <laughs> September four. Okay. okay, so so let so let's make sure no, that somewhere uh, in September year, we run we, time. we bring you back to talk about that. Okay, oh, yeah, let's do. Perfect. In the meantime, today we are talking about Moses, and now Moses is quite the character in uh, the Abrahamic religion, especially in the Jewish religion. Yeah, uh, sure. But you. Have well, you know what? Let's, let's give you the mic at this point. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Moses? Well, yeah, I
3: mean, everything you said about Moses is, is dead on. Here's the funny thing, though. Um, Moses probably didn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. And I know I get a lot of crap from Christians and atheists for saying that Jesus didn't exist at all, and, and a lot of the other New Testament figures didn't exist at all. But the funny thing about Moses is when you're talking about Moses uh, Samson, uh, Joshua, Abraham—most of the heavy hitters in the Old Testament—that's not controversial at all to say that those guys didn't exist. That's currently the overwhelming scholarly position among non-Christian scholars. Of mm-hmm. course, the Christian scholars are still saying that the Adam and Eve and the snake existed, and Noah put all the animals in a boat. So, but but against uh, objective scholars and archaeologists, um, th- not only did they not find any evidence. For that, but they have all this evidence that um, that at best the Exodus story is an allegory, and um, th- and the origins of the Hebrew people are much more rooted in Palestine itself. Um, but but- uh, all these all these tribes that you get mentioned in the Old Testament as being the enemies of the Hebrews, like the Midianites and the Moabites and the Ammonites, um, it looks like originally Hebrews were Canaanites just like them.
0: Mm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Now, now the idea—the idea of Moses uh, not being a uh, an actual character of history—is uh, fairly recent. I mean, it's—I think—I think it, I, I think it was—I think it was proposed like somewhere in the seventies at first, right?
3: Well, uh, yeah, uh, about thirty years ago, there was a biblical historian named Thomas Thompson, and mm. just coming, his career almost got squished before it began because his—he wrote his dissertation arguing that most of the Old Testament patriarchs were just full-on myth you know uh in the story and now 30 years after i mean the, the, I, I talk about this in jesus mything in action so you mm-hmm. can actually read one of the um the case studies about biblical historians who get in trouble for not towing the theological line um pope uh, uh ratzinger <laughs> who, which was uh pope benedict sorry um the Nazi pope Joseph ratzinger when he was cardinal he was one of the guys that almost got him completely derailed. Really, Uh, And so for 30 years, um, he was floundering around, couldn't get a position, couldn't get uh, invited to, uh, he could get invited to um, scholarly uh, conferences, but no one would pay his way to go, and so he'd have to turn them down. And so after literally decades of this, he finds out that in uh, Europe, his idea that was so controversial in the seventies is now the leading scholarly opinion. <laughs> and, uh, he wound up getting a, 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 position at a university in, I want to say Copenhagen, really? um, and lived happily ever after. Nice. But, uh, it's, it's amazing to know just how in the last, not even the last 50 years, but in the last 30 years, 15 years, 20 years, how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another great book actually that came out, um, Within the last, oh, I'd say the last 10, 15 years, uh, called The Bible Unearthed by two Tel Aviv archaeologists, Israel Finkelstein and Neil Asher Silberman. And they do an awesome job of just giving the archaeological evidence and current thought on all the Old Testament figures. And it's funny, you know, it doesn't debunk them. You know, it says, oh, yeah, there was a King Hezekiah and a King Josiah, and Jezebel was real. But it really puts a different perspective on, like, for instance, David and Solomon, who probably existed, but not anywhere as cool as they are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And just completely debunks um, these founding figures um, like Abraham, like Moses, uh, like Joshua, um, and talks about – and well, they give the archaeological side, but uh, people like Thomas Thompson and Martin Knoth and other – historians are just saying that this is the founding myth of israel hmm. is the story of the exodus
0: um do you figure that sometimes maybe some of these characters are um, like the the, the the ones that are actually they do have some 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 validity in history like some of the minor kings and stuff like that are mentioned do you think sometimes that these were kind of added after the fact just to give more credence to the story you know, like a
3: I, I'm sorry, I lost the last part of that sits there.
0: Well, I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like for example, you know, I don't know, let's let's say let's say King Mahoba or something like that, and you realize, oh yeah, there actually was a King Mahoba, but uh, oh, gotcha, you,
3: got gotcha. yeah, yeah, you, you, you phoned out for a second there. I didn't hear what you said, but yeah, the, well, that's that's kind of a common theme is that we we like to think that oh, there must be a kernel of truth behind any kind of legend. Fill in the blank, you know, King Arthur, Robin Hood, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, especially in religious circles. It seems like the opposite is true. There's nothing implausible about the thought that Jesus was a just one more loser messiah of the first century. There's dime a dozen of those, uh, and we have evidence for those. Mm-hmm. But when you say that Abraham, the father of Israel, Moses, the you know the 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 these these pinnacle figures weren't real, um, it kind of freaks people out. Um, But what we – what it it appears to be is that figures like Moses, um, like Confucius, like Aesop, like Solomon, um, they become placeholders for, like, hero stories and laws and parables Mm. and wisdom. um, So that – and here's an interesting thing about Moses. When you look at the stories that we get in Exodus and Genesis about him – there's all these extra details that only make sense, for instance, if the stories were originally about some other guy. Um, Like, we have all these characters like the elders of Israel, or um, Nadab and Abihu who were, you know, sons of Aaron, and even Aaron himself. Um, But the stories were originally about these guys, and they've become folded into Moses stories.
0: Hmm. So you're saying that Moses may not have existed, but Aaron might
3: well, no 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 I, I think neither of those guys exist I think Aaron was put in there because there were priestly uh, interests writing these stories and they wanted to to make sure priests had been there from the beginning so they insert this oh this okay. okay doppelganger of Moses his brother Aaron um and yet you have stories uh, the one they mention is in Exodus 5 15 and 19 where you have Moses and Aaron um not confronting pharaoh but this unnamed foreman of the israelite slaves and then they bump into moses and aaron and tell them what happened you know and it's like that's a weird thing to happen where where was moses and aaron this whole time why were not they doing it and they was like oh because that was the original story Mm. and moses and aaron simply got added on to it
0: I guess it would be arrogant for for a priest class to say, "Yeah, we're direct right descendants of Moses," but not so it's not so arrogant to say, "Well, yeah, we're not from Moses, but we're from Aaron's line, which used to be hanging with Moses, right?"
3: Well, and there's all different kinds of literary reasons for the way they treat characters like that, and you know, give them flaws and give them uh, um, you know heroic attributes. Um, but, yeah, but it, it seems like it's a literary creation and not a, a actual historical fact. Um, and just the, just the way that the Old Testament came together, I mean, I spent a lot more – it's not my area of expertise. But my, I have a lot more expertise in seeing how that played out in the New Testament mm-hmm. um, where all these stories came together, you know, starting with this one gospel, Mark, and then Matthew, Luke, John, and all the other ones that never made the cut. Um <laughs> uh, and you just see, you just see the development, the evolution of the story, just like you, we do with King Arthur and and other uh, his mythical figures.
0: Well, hold on here, David. Are you, are you are you telling me that there was not millions of Jews as she left Egypt uh, and and walked for four years in the desert and and then made their way to Palestine? I mean, they found they found a wheel in the Red Sea, didn't they?
3: <laughs> well, you know, that's the funny thing is when you look at what the archaeologists are saying. Um, the Old Testament really comes into bad shape. Um, some of the like the worst crimes in the Old Testament, where there's genocide against this city or that city, the only thing that makes them bearable is the fact that. Oh, that city was abandoned long before the Hebrews ever came, according to archaeology. So that's just a lie. They're just making up this story that we were badass and destroyed this whole city uh, that we found in ruins.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Just walking yeah. to an abandoned city. No, oh, no, it was full of people. We just massacred them all because we're exactly. badass. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And even in um, even in the Old Testament, you know, you have got the story of Lot's daughters getting him drunk to impregnate them, yes. and then and the whole thing kind of turns out to be you know, uh, just a bagging on their neighbors. Cause it's like, and one bore a son and his name was Moab and he's the father of the Moabites and the younger sheep bore a son and named him Bindamai. And he's the, the ch- descendants. And it's just like, and that's why Moabites are fuckers, you know, because you know, <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all products of incest. And, you know, it's just bagging on their, uh, on their ancestors, <laughs> their imaginary ancestors.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I... <laughs> so I, um, so I I I why is it that people that hold on to the story? Do you have any idea, any uh, uh, hypothesis well, I mean, as to why they hold on to Moses yeah, so much?
3: Sure, I mean, I mean, the story is hugely powerful, uh, even if it is just an allegory. It's amazingly powerful, and they've created, you know, modern Judaism as we know it was created from these things. So it it, it was this the cornerstone of of you know the Jewish culture, which has survived for you know five thousand plus years. Um, in one form or another,
0: Nancy, you you came from a Jewish family. Was oh, yeah, I when still you were, do. Yeah, yeah, you still do. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so now there goes Passover, <laughs> there goes Matsus, there goes the whole Manischewitz uh, yeah. companies. Everything is just based based but on, wh- on myths. But the the Reform. Reformed Jews are much more into this as an allegory. Sure, um, that, so. And the Reconstructionists, because they're the most liberal, but the conservative and and Orthodox and ultra Orthodox still cling to these stories as reality. I'm I'm assuming that's yeah. that's that's so from my point of view. Do you find that to be true also, David?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. There's a book out. I was just reading um, by a Jewish, a, a secular Jewish guy who doesn't believe in God, but he decided to go back and read the entire Hebrew Bible, uh, start to finish. And one thing he said, Oh, that's where that phrase comes from. Oh, that's why we do this, you know, here and there. And it really made him appreciate his Jewishness, even though he's an atheist, you know, um, which I, I found really interesting because as even as, as Christians, you know, our, just our European roots are so saturated in the Bible Mm. that, um, it's fascinating to see how it all came together. And the fact that it's all myth, I mean, it doesn't make it any less special. It, it, it only makes it dangerous to take literally, you know, and just do laws about it, I I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think most secular Jews have that same um, reverence and love for for the roots and where we came from with the Torah and with the Talmud because so much about ethics and law stem from that. That even though it's based on a myth, there's just so much that ties us in to the kind of behavior. Um, That that we feel is responsible behavior on this planet at this point, regardless of, you know, where along the spectrum you are between Orthodox and
0: Reconstructionist. This this bothers me, though, because you, you would think that, you know, I'm not Jewish, obviously, but if I was Jewish, I would want to know really where my people came from. And, you know, the idea that, no, you know, we weren't slaves in Egypt, and no, we didn't cross the desert for 40 years, then the question is, where exactly did we come from? And it seems that a lot of Jews don't seem to be, uh, to, to care about that. You no, would think
1: I, they would. I don't know if that's true or not. What do you yeah. think, David?
0: Yeah,
3: yeah I, I, would, I would agree with Nancy on that one. Um, I think they do care. I, or, so, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they think they already know the answer, because I, I find... When I bump into atheists and I try to tell them something like Jesus didn't exist, they already think they know who Jesus really was. Yeah. Um, so trying to say that the whole thing was a myth is a hard – can be a hard sell for people. Hmm. Okay. But, but I mean for Moses, um, it's it's easier I think in some ways to say that because all these elements that made Moses' story – we can trace them out, for instance, probably the most famous story about Moses, his childhood is that he was found in a uh, a basket floating in the river yes. from by the princess of Egypt, and that story is taken one hundred percent from a story a thousand years before the supposed time of Moses, from Sargon of akkad ah. um, the the Akkadian story um. And again, there's no historical evidence for virtually anything in the Exodus story, but rabbis have broken it down into the, the mystical meaning of it, the symbolic meaning of it, just the same way that early Christians did with Jesus' stories.
0: Do you think that, you know, if somebody was to criticize, you know, one of the reasons maybe because the, the myth of Moses endures is that if people criticize what is, quote-unquote, the origins of the Jews, then you're being anti-Semitic?
3: Sure. Sure, um, and, and, I mean, anytime, any time, like, any yeah, any criticism of Zionism becomes criticism of Israel, becomes criticism of the Jews in general. Um, Israeli peace activists—they um, get sick of that. They get a, a
0: belly full of that. Sorry, um, uh, sorry, sorry about, about that. You just—you uh, just cut off for half a second there, Dave.
3: Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, for instance, there's all kinds of uh, peace movement and peace activists in, uh, who are Israeli. And they have to put up with that kind of nonsense too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's becoming a huge issue in the United States too. I mean, it's it's just uh, just on the political level. uh, You have politicians as soon as they mention something that's uh, anti-Israel in any way, shape, or form, or criticize of Israel with their treatment of uh, Palestine. Currently, uh, they get huge backlash.
3: Yeah, and it's funny. You'll you know Israel politically has done things that if it was South Africa doing, no one would have any problem condemning it. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
5: Um,
3: And it's just, it's one of those things about history. The the Jews and the Christians have had such a weird push me, pull you love, hate relationship. Um, It all gets fraught and mixed up with the, it's, it's easy to get it to, to, um, you know, get sidetracked Hmm. from any serious thing.
0: So, so what else in the, uh, the the story of Moses, which is, let's face it, it's a pretty fascinating story. It, may, oh, makes, yeah. it makes for a good movie uh-huh. if it's done uh, properly. Uh, what, what else, I mean, we talked about the basket there within the found by the And there. Is there a lot more from the story of Moses that you think was actually borrowed from other men? Well,
3: there's some really interesting giveaways in the story. Um, in Exodus 6, when God speaks to Moses, he says, um, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I didn't use my name Yahweh. Back then they called me El Shaddai, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> I went incognito. And yeah, guy incognito, except it's not even that because El was the Canaanite god. He was like the Jupiter, the Zeus of, of Canaan. Um, and Baal, uh, who's the the constant bad guy in the Old Testament, was almost like a brother to, to Yahweh. Mm. Um so it's very incestuous with all these other Mesopotamian gods and goddesses. Um, I mentioned in my Sex and Violence in the Bible talk that um, the, the, the Song of Solomon, the book The Song of Solomon in the, the Old Testament, seems to be written for um, two older sexier gods, um, Ishtar Shalmuth and Tammuz, um, her, her brother slash lover, and Tammuz is... Is actually, it's hard to, to deny that because even in the Old Testament, um, we have one of the prophets complaining about women in the Jewish temple itself mourning for Tammuz, at this pagan god, and even today, one of the months of the of the Jewish calendar is still named after Tammuz. <laughs> um, so it's so funny how, for such a famously monotheistic religion you when you go back to the founding documents you can see that at best it's henotheism which means oh yeah there's lots of gods but our god is the number one god yeah or even or even well no there's lots of gods and maybe there's some are tougher but he's our god and we belong to him because (laughs) you know that's it and there's no there's no carrot and stick of heaven and hell it's like Nope, you have to obey him because he's your god, and he's bigger than you are, and he's the boss. I, I and, just, which,
0: I just love and, how you just went like older, sexier gods. Because my mind right away went to Cougar God. Oh god, <laughs> oh just, god. Tammuz <laughs> is the Cougar God. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> picks up, see. picks up younger god gods in bars. where did your mind go do you really want to (laughs) know no I really don't sorry sorry I'm I'm trying to be serious here (laughs) okay so let's keep going with the cougar I don't know sorry the (laughs) the older sexier guys The
3: show show takes a different (laughs) turn (laughs)
0: oh boy All right. save
3: it for past 9 o'clock Kevin so, yes so, <laughs> you, so, know, you know I should have mentioned beforehand that in addition to writing science fiction and biblical history I also write erotica
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the red diaries of Tammuz <laughs>
5: <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tammuz bumps into Hercules oh he was so ripped <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh boy! You know it's funny time. about Hercules. Since you mentioned Hercules, is Samson appears to be a just a Jewish version of oh, Hercules. totally, mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
3: yeah. But I mean, I mean, not even they just happen to be strong dudes. But it it, it appears that they were he, he was created as a Jewish version of Hercules.
0: Yeah, it, it, I'd be kind of curious. Maybe maybe you can answer that. But it's not like by by the time the the story of Samson was written. Uh, I mean, the story of Hercules was already old by then, so I'm assuming.
3: Right. Yeah, so so it's... it's... We forget, we think, you know, the Bible's the oldest book in the world, and these guys are the oldest people. And it's like, no, the Egyptians have been around for yeah years yeah. before that. Really? The Marians, the Acadians. Um, the Noah story, I mean, our story of Noah is like the sixth or seventh or eighth in line of these Flood stories, or mm-hmm. these, the gods get angry. Men kind of want to kill the whole world off in some way or another, yeah. except for this small bunch of plucky individuals. Of course, the first one uh, you
0: go right right above is uh, the epics of Gilgamesh have that myth story right there, yeah. that, that flood yeah. story right and there. They've
3: even found a couple pre uh, stories even prior to that, yes. where um, there was a, a the whole world was covered in a, a cosmic winter, and except for this one little dome of a special garden. Um, so these these kind of stories. Um, have been around in all these different forms and we, we and that's the funny thing is we still have them we know that okay this came first Utnapishtim and the epic of Gilgamesh and uh I was cracking up you remember a couple of years ago when they came out with the film of Noah yes and the Christians lost their mind they're saying this is not biblical blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I so wanted the uh, the onion to uh <laughs> have a thing saying, Ancient Sumerians complain that the story of Noah is not epic of Gilgamesh enough. You know?
0: <laughs> Five points, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should have submitted an article like that. I know, I know. to the
3: Everybody knows how to save the ship after it's sunk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you could probably still do it. They would still post it. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> so how much, how much archaeological evidence do we have for the era of the, where Moses supposedly existed?
3: That's a great question. Um, again, I would steer you, anybody who's interested in that question to a book called The Bible Unearthed. It's mm-hmm. by Finkelstein and Silberman. And it's all about how archaeology over the last couple decades has really overturned just about everything we know in the Old Testament. And again, it, it actually does give concrete evidence, but to figures we don't care about. <laughs> it's like, yes, Hezekiah did build a well, and yes, King Josiah did have a kingdom. And uh, most people on the street don't even know who those guys, those names are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... To, to learn that uh, that David and Solomon, their story probably wasn't as cool and noble and King Arthur-y as it is in the Bible, um, is it was kind of an eye opener. And the fact that so much of the, of the, the founding fathers of Israel are just myths. And like Abraham didn't come from the far East into Israel, you know, and drive out the Canaanites would under Joshua and Moses, right. uh, the, the Israelites were Canaanites. They were Midianites. They were Moabites and Ammonites. And uh, um, and these are all the, the the squabbling of brothers who are living in in a time where you've got uh, nomadic herdsmen, you know, moving from place to place from season to season. And we have good evidence for that. We have good archaeological evidence for that happening. We don't have evidence for there ever being slaves in Egypt, period, yes. you know, that kind of level. We know they didn't build the pyramids. We've got the the, we've got the tax permit, the the the, the, uh, tax records of the people who did build the and the pay
0: records. (laughs) Tax permit. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The Egyptians used to write everything down.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, kind of a huge you know, oversight. They had, they had the to keep rackets. track of this. This was a huge yeah. public, and it, it all happened basically within a single person's life. All the the big, the great pyramids were built, and so yeah, we know who built them. We even know the nicknames of some of the teams. <laughs> they were like, you know, the drunkards of Minhotep or the friends of Khufu. You know, because <laughs> uh, we've got their graffiti oh, that they've left. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's just it's just fascinating how the lack of archaeological evidence for the old testament how how preva- pre- uh, prevalent it is how prevalent it is and how not controversial that is in secular uh circles mm-hmm. i mean you listen you, you know you you argue about this with a christian and they'll have a laundry list of all these historians that say oh no 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 blah 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 um and it's like you go you take anybody who's not tied into christian theology and it's like oh yeah no, no those guys didn't exist yeah exactly. and uh, and again 30 years ago that was probably blasphemy and now it's virtually uh, uncontested yeah because yeah. of the, the state of the evidence the evidence points in a completely different direction yeah exactly exactly wow and i and i can't help but think there's a metaphor for that in jesus studies too because when i wrote nailed in 2000 when did that come out 2010 i guess mm-hmm. um I got so much pushback, not just from the Christians, that's no surprise, but from our fellow atheists who said, oh, no, 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 no. And seven years later when I came out with Jesus Smithing in Action, um, the pushback has been so much less just in those seven years between those two books. Um, it's It's getting less controversial for people to think, yeah,
0: you know, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it took a good twenty years for people to start accepting the idea that Moses. Once it was proposed that Moses was not sure, and I, I think, oh, so, I'll I think at least yeah, I don't, that, I don't for want too.
3: that for sure. If but not it just, more. it's fascinating that these glacial sea changes can happen, and they can happen in our lifetime, and we're seeing them happen.
0: Well, I think it happens when the old guard essentially dies, and then a new guard comes in, and they don't, they don't have the same view, right? I think this is. Yeah. So exactly yeah. that, and it
3: doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that they do have the evidence and the physical evidence for it. too. That's
0: true too. Although I think yeah. Jesus, it might take a bit longer because Jesus, after all, he is the Lord. Jesus, uh, Moses was a great man, a prophet, etc., sure. but he's not the God, right?
3: Very good point. Very yeah. good point. I think, it'll and be- yeah. I, I honestly, I think Christianity will go away before uh, mythicism, Jesus mythicism, ever becomes any kind of majority position. Oh, really, for that very reason, for that very reason, because you can you can make room in your Christianity for uh, evolution, you could even with some if you really held your nose tight, you could make room for the those being myths in the Old Testament, but man, you mess around with the New Testament, and whoa they, they just shut down <laughs> boom.
0: Which is funny, because it's not that much better of a story, if you ask me. (laughs) The older older book has got way better stories than the New Testament. The New Testament is like, I don't know. (laughs) It keeps wagging its finger at me. It's like, eh, enough. (laughs) Anyway, let's go back to that cougar god. Uh, (laughs) No, just kidding. Uh, So so, uh, what else in Moses' life do you think was actually cherry pick from other myth because it seems to be exactly that. These 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 old figures are essentially amalgamations of other heroes slash great men of the time. Right. And then rebaptized into Abraham or Moses or whatever. Is there anything else that gives us a clue about Moses' suspicious origins? Let's just say that.
3: Yeah. Well I mean there's things like a lot of the wisdom that we get, not just from Moses but from other Old Testament figures. We find that in, like, older Egyptian sources Mm -hmm. and older Mesopotamian sources. Um, And, again, that shouldn't really surprise us either because this this place – you know, this area – the world of the Old Testament was a multifaceted world. I mean it was – Israel had the problem of being stuck between these two superpowers, you know, Babylon in the north and Egypt in the south. Um, And Babylon, of course, there was a whole chain of, you know, Sumeria, Acadia – all these Mesopotamian superpowers, one after another, but <laughs> the the they were all constantly stuck between that Mesopotamia and Egypt, and it kind of influenced everything about Jewish history and the way the amazing way that Judaism was able to say, "Oh yeah, our God is king of the world," but for some reason, even though we keep getting our ass kicked, you know, and we don't go on on, on top. Um, they found these ways to to make that work, you know, which is kind of fascinating. And and even though throughout Jewish history, you know, through Europe, through the ancient world, through Rome, um, they were always on the periphery, always on the outskirts. They had that, um, what do you call it? That galvanized uh, cohesiveness that is what at the end of the day any religion and any culture needs to survive. They need to be cohesive. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Jews did so magnificently, um, among other things. I don't want to downplay the the fact that this ancient culture survived this long intact. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but it, it, it is kind of fascinating. Um, um, for me, uh, I think I'm going off on a rabbit trail here, but um, it's fascinating to see all the other ancient religions and cultures at the time, that have gotten kind of short shrift in America and, and Europe uh, because they weren't Christian. They weren't mentioned in the Bible. Um, but we have ancient writings from uh, ancient libraries that are as fascinating as anything we've got in the Old Testament. And I'm hoping now that Christianity is kind of losing its privilege in this country, mm-hmm. that we're going to be able to learn more about the ancient ones like these cougar gods you know ishtar and, and Tammuz. um sounds like a great and, tv and, show and, and seeing is. and seeing the family resemblance too no pun intended but i mean all these every any you pick any religion on the planet that's around today and the further you go back the more you start seeing how it, the its its roots go back to other older religions and mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah, well, all I, time. I I, I think uh, when it comes to the, the Jews and, you know, being quote-unquote the chosen people, I love Nancy's line on that, you know, so it basically says, you know, oh, we're the chosen people, I wish you'd choose somebody else. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <A great laughs> all the line. stuff they've gone through, right? <laughs> Which was a great line.
1: Well, yeah. despite the fact that Moses and, and that whole story may be a myth, I hope Passover continues... Intact because it's oh, such. Sure. It, it's just such a lovely ceremony, I, and you, it has to do with. How can you call
0: it lovely? It's barbaric.
1: Oh, uh, Passover. Not, no, I think I think you're, thinking of, the,
3: the, the last, you're of the Last Supper. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but it, it, it is because it does it does talk about the, the values you know of of Judaism. There's so much that's brought into that, and and the children are brought into it, and it's a story as um, you know. There's the cohesiveness, as, as David yeah. was saying. Before, and it, it may change, but if you've never been to a Passover dinner, and, and Jews are very open, they love mm. people to come oh, and have, I think I people, that. you know, have to have a chance, you know, to go. To a, a Passover no, but I'm dinner, just,
0: I'm, is just, just great. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, celebrating the idea that, oh yeah, we were protected because we put blood on our door while God was killing out oh, the I other kid.
1: Both. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm sure. saying. I mean, even no, though, I, even though it's a myth, you know, the the, the the story itself and the the way it's brought out in, in Passover is a, is a lovely, you know, a lovely tradition. Oh, I'm
0: sure the way yeah. they celebrate today is lovely. i I'm, oh, I'm just saying great. the origins of Passover. No, we, oh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. I I take your point,
3: Kevin, about the whole, oh, and God picked the right children to kill. Yeah,
0: Yeah, let's kill all these kids except the one that have lamb blood on them. Yeah,
1: and (laughs) and I think, again, Reform Jews, many of them recognize the fact that they are participating in a a celebration that started with a myth. Mm. Not so much conservative. But even, you know, acknowledging that there sure. is beauty, you know, in, in, that, in that tradition.
3: Yeah, sure, absolutely. And you know, you reminded me of something just now when you said that. Um, uh, biblical scholars on, on the Jewish side have even traced the evolution of the Passover. And uh, that celebration, before there was a story of the angel of death coming and killing everybody who didn't have the magic blood dipped on their door, it seems that that, that, that celebration goes back to a harvest festival. Um, with different elements. Um, So it it, it just, it just, it's amazing how, um, what a, what a rich tapestry all this is. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and that's about the same time too, where a bunch of Jews decided to get into wooden submarines to come to America. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's we'll save that for the Mormon episode. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm just winging out our a friend. Oh Jillian. boy!
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, it's funny. That's I'm, thing. I'm planning on doing a book on the Jehovah's Witnesses because you know so many people have asked me to do it, and I I want to do it. But boy, you can't really compete with Mormons as far as wiggy wacky wonderfully nutty uh, belief systems. It's like, oh, everybody else that we're going to do after this is going to be so boring compared to the Mormons.
0: I, I give him a bit of slack because you know what? The Mormons are f- relatively new on the scene, right? <laughs> and you know, when, you, when you've when you done the virgin birth and the walking on water, you have to kind of out-crazy that if right? you want to get noticed, right? Well, as, as I say in the book, it's steampunk
3: Scientology. <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> Well, that's for another show, obviously. Uh, in the meantime, let's, let's go really quickly through, uh, through uh, things that uh, Moses' accomplishment. Um, is there any way, shape or form, people can actually walk out of Egypt and for 40 years wander in that desert, you figure?
1: And not we'll find have. oil. <laughs> not find <afraid of laughs> oil. <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, people can do anything, but apparently they can't do it and not leave a trace because yes. um, uh, archaeologically – we can even use satellites now and they can find like camel tracks to cities we've never found on foot before, but they can find it from a satellite photo and actually discover, make archaeological discoveries from huh. satellites. Well, um, and so we decade. know what was going on in like the Neolithic times in in Canaan. Uh, we know roughly where, when these people started showing up and, and how they lived. Um We even know things like how they're related to each other through DNA and through languages, you know. Um, And so all these things, all these lines of evidence we have just tell a very different picture from the myth that's always been, you know, handed down.
0: Yeah, because according to the myth, if I remember correctly, it was like over one million Jews left Egypt. I don't even know if it ever actually puts
3: a number down. Tremendous amount, you know, whole generations, as you say, wandering around for 40 years in a place that, you know, they probably could have done in three days if they really put their mind to it. Actually, you know? you, actually uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's like seven. I think if you walk from Egypt yeah. and you just follow the coast, I think it takes exactly. you like six days to make it to, to Palestine. <laughs> exactly. Just follow the coast. <laughs> follow yeah. the coast exactly. all the way to the Palestine. The yellow brick road. This is what <laughs> yeah. happens when you follow God. You lost for 40 years.
3: <laughs> but then again, the fact that it's 40 years is a very uh, significant number and we see this in in both the new testament and the old testament they love numbers like 12 they love yes. numbers like 7 they love numbers like 40 Of yep. uh, these are significant um uh what's the term gematria gematria um sacred geometry they called it they they gave all these uh, numerological meanings um to these different
0: numbers. Do you think this is done on purpose or it's just a number that they like? And they say, you know, he spent 40 years in the desert. And then when you tell the story of Jesus later, he spent 40 days fasting. And oh, you make the connection because you heard the 40 before.
3: Exactly. Not a coincidence whatsoever. There's no coincidence at all. And in fact, there's uh, when Jesus is feeding one of the first time he's doing a massive feed miracle, he says something to the effect of, well, how many fish were in that basket? well, five, how many loaves? Well, seven. And he's going like, get it,
0: get it. <laughs> 12, 12. <laughs> you know Haha. <laughs> you
3: know? Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's all, it's all seems very obvious in hindsight when somebody points it out, but it's, it's, it's very subtle. If you, if you're it, not tuned into that,
0: it's you subtle know? enough for you to get, you get you hooked onto the story and think there's well, something. Absolutely.
3: And honestly, we see that not just in Christianity, but in all kinds of, of these Hellenistic mystery faiths going on at the time. Yeah. Um, for like, for instance, um, Mithraism uh, is kind of one of the more famous mystery faiths. Um, if you if it's just the story of this hero who kills this monster bull, you know that's a great story. But when you realize, oh, they're talking about the constellation of Taurus, and here's Scorpio over here, here's the you know this over here, um, all these elements in this story in this iconography of Mithraism say that it's really talking about this astronomical phenomenon, and we get this in christianity too where we have all these parables and um on it and and we even have early christian church fathers making th- this s- outright saying this explicitly saying oh yeah if you read this story on its face it makes no sense whatsoever it's crazy but if you read it symbolically if you read it for its mystical allegorical meaning it's very very powerful um and they're, they're quite blatant about it. They're not even being coy about it. They're, they're saying, yeah, the fact that this, this story doesn't, couldn't possibly be true, you know, responding to critics who are complaining about this as early as the second century or the first century, um, that doesn't bother them at all because they know it's just code talk for what they're really talking about.
0: Yeah, they're always, they're always, they always have that allegory thing, right?
3: Yeah. And it looks like Matthew, when he wrote his gospel, the very first gospel that we have. He fully expected his educated readers to get that immediately mm-hmm. um, because the characters have very apt names. The places where these things happen have very apt names. And they're so allegory. The allegories just line up. You know, um, the story of Barabbas in, in uh, during Jesus' trial. Jesus' trial makes no sense whatsoever historically on any number of levels. It should have been shut down for this, 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 this. Makes no sense. Pulling out Barabbas and giving them, making them choose between them is a perfect analogy for the Yom Kippur ritual. And Jewish scholars have pointed this out. Oh, this is this, this is this, this is this. I mean, you just go down the line and it, it matches up every single way. Um, and I talk about that in Nailed and in Jesus' Mything in Action as well.
0: Yom Kippur, uh, that's the one with the chicken, right? What's that? That's a ritual with the chicken, isn't it? The, that's a scapegoat. The
3: scapegoat. The scapegoat. Okay. Well, you, you use chicken, chicken today, I think? Yeah, the chicken's a different one.
0: Oh, oh okay, um, sorry. I thought it was the same one. Sorry. I get I get <laughs> I get lost in my myth by my, my 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 Jewish. We we'll
3: have to bring Nancy in on that one. But uh,
1: uh, <laughs> Nancy is the most secular Jew you're going to find on the planet. So you can bring me in, but it'll be mostly to listen a Na- little.
0: Nancy does that ritual too, but she uses she uses shaken beak. <laughs>
3: Uh, Nancy, though, <laughs> seriously, though, have you heard of a Jewish group, a secular Jewish group called Kol Hadash? No. That, they, that might be something you want to look into, because they're totally secular Jews, but they want to keep their cultural ties alive and i think that's really cool Uh,
1: well up here in the north in the northwest and in our little section of the lower mainland near vancouver you really (laughs) if if those groups exist they're really you know maybe one or two or three or four that are meeting in private because i i'm not familiar with uh, with their presence up here at all in san francisco you probably you know are able to walk into a meeting once a week you know to be able to join. But here it's it's much more difficult.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Hang around the bagel shops.
1: The bagel, oh, we we need a good, yeah, we need a good bagel bakery up here, other than Tim Hortons.
0: Oh, God. So, in conclusion, David, let's, 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 we're pretty damn sure that, you know, we're almost 100% sure at this point that Moses, eh, you know, nice, nice guy, nice story, but just that. Well, here's the thing, I can't emphasize
3: this enough, this is not Dave, our pal, saying this. This is virtually every single objective scholar uh, and archaeologist is saying, yeah, that Including not only did that not happen, that couldn't possibly happen, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, um, and, and no, no chariot wheel found the Red Sea is going to change that story.
3: <laughs> exactly. You, yeah, exactly. You're going to need a lot more than that. <laughs> but there's some great books on, like, who wrote these bu- biblical books, because um, Moses has been, has been touted as the author of the Pentateuch, the first five yes. books of the, the Hebrew Bible. Um even like even though there's books that say, and Moses died and was buried, it's like, yeah, you know, he wrote about his own death. The same guy did not write this. Yeah. Um and but but there's great books on talking about the different um at least four different um strands that went into making our Old Testament. Um mm. uh, and uh that's that's I would I encourage people to go check that out, like books on like who wrote the Bible and uh, who really wrote the Bible. But especially that book, The Bible Unearthed. Uh, the Bible Unearthed. Uh, it's just a fantastic book. I'll look it up for uh, sure. David- and and for, for those of you who don't know, there's also a great book called Nailed and Jesus Mything in Action. I <laughs> think you'll find books. those fascinating too.
0: Oh, yeah. I forget
3: who wrote that. But- no, no, <laughs> no I see.
0: Some guy that works in a bookstore. I right, wonder, yeah. no. <laughs> David, you know, one last thing I got to... If, if the vast majority of scholarly, secular opinions are basically saying, yeah, Moses was a myth. Then why do we they always come up with these stupid articles once in a while? The last one I saw is, oh yeah, when Moses saw the flaming bush, he was probably high on mushrooms. Why do these stupid <laughs> yeah. opinion pieces yeah. come out once in a while, basically reinforcing the myth that he was real? They're putting like a different spin on it. Right, you know? right. but they're still a, actually started
3: in like Victorian times. There was this whole movement called The Rationalists, where they said, oh, well, clearly Jonah didn't get swallowed by a fish, but maybe this happened. And they try to put a spin that that explains it away. Um, so you get to but, keep the and, myth but explain it logically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're, huh. they're trying to find a good reason for why this story came about. And the thought of, well, somebody invented the story to make a theological point just never seems to occur to them.
0: Hmm. Wow, because it really bothers me whenever I see that. I said, "No, god damn it!" This, like, yeah. like saying, "Why did Hercules perform so well?" Because he took steroids, you know. It's like right. fudge come on it's like, guys it's like well
3: if, if uh, the North Pole isn't Santa's you know <laughs> I what it was, then how can it be his workshop if Santa's not from the North Pole you know that kind of,
1: um. oh, some of these myths just have such a hold a hold yeah. on us that you know it's you know deep inside we doubt but we don't want to give it up we don't want they're to just go, yeah. so yeah. powerful you know yeah,
3: they are and even, even even though Aesop no one Takes those literally, but they st- we still all know all those stories, and you know they still uh-huh. inform us too.
0: It's kind of something you see on the page of the National Enquirer. You know, Santa Claus found visiting Superman at the South <laughs> at the Fortress of Solitude. It's like it's,
5: you
0: know the North Pole has melted, so he has had to move to the South Pole. It's like ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you so much for all your time. It's, it's always a pleasure having you on. But before I let you go, you got to tell our friends and our listeners out there, if they want to find out more about you and your work, where can they find you? Um, you can find my books anywhere books are sold on the internet, um, or
3: you can actually contact me directly, and I'll be happy to sell them directly to you to you, and autograph them for at least as cheap as you'll get them from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um <laughs> yeah but it's it's probably easiest to find me on Facebook Um, or you can shoot me an email at everybodylovesdave at gmail.com
0: yes everybody (laughs) does love Dave at gmail.com oh god (laughs) Dave Dave, before I let you go I gotta have you say hi this is David Fitzgerald and I took a left at the valley hi this is Dave Fitzgerald and I took a left at the valley how's that fantastic fantastic and that was the one, the only David Fitzgerald.
1: Oh, God, oh, God
0: David, we I love know. you so much, man.
1: One of the best hours we spend is oh. with
0: David. Oh yeah, I, I, I so look forward every time he's, he's coming up. It's like I look. It's like oh yeah, David's with us this weekend. It's like oh yeah, I get I get excited. Yeah. He's such a fun guy. He is, and uh, you know, not on the mushroom side. Just a fun guy. <laughs> 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 Yeah. we have to bring david back because there's so many things we can talk about with him um uh, he's not ex- just extremely knowledgeable he's he's just so warm as as a, as a person and he's just like God damn it. Right away, you can't help But You know what? You're my best friend right away. You
1: know, in, right away. In Yiddish, he's a mensch. <laughs> a a mensch. A mensch is the highest compliment you can give to a person. That means Aww. you're real, you're authentic, you're hmm. warm. You're just what a human being should be. Wow. If, and he's a go. mensch. He's a no, mensch. He's a mensch. Absolutely.
0: Oh, for a second, there, I thought it meant it was some kind of discount on something.
1: Well, <laughs> Yiddish always sounds as though you're you know you're, <laughs> you're you're deriding you're somebody.
0: a great person and you cheap
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a but that's a, that's one of the best that's oh one of the best boy. words Yiddish Yiddish gave to, oh to the world is minch. Yes, yeah.
0: we just love David we well do. thank you so much for being with us on the show thank you to David Fitzgerald and thank you to our friend Jill for being with us and being so brave and thank you for listening you can find us on com. you can find us on Facebook on Twitter at LETV Podcasts. wherever you find us give us a five star review to helps us and helps others find the show if you like what we do you can be like our friend Free Thinker 215 and give us a bit of money on Patreon slash LATV. Perfect. Free thinker. Everything. Yes. Coming up next week we have our friend Anthony Magnabasco returns. Yay. At the legend.
1: I know and I won't be here next week so everybody play nice.
0: We will okay. play nice. Okay. We will play we'll nice. We'll try. Yeah. And we'll ask him uh, some questions and especially I want to look at the street epistemology with regards to politics.
1: Yeah I'll listen Ooh. to that because I'm really in- interested in what he has to, After has that, to offer.
0: After that we have our old friend, our favorite nuclear physicist, Ben Davis, returns. We talk about physics and uh, quantum physics. We also have Andrew Jasko that returns uh, with Red Berks. Talk about cults. That should be interesting. Uh-huh. We'll have Hersey Hurst from the Minnesota Atheists. We'll have Lilith Starr, the Satanist. She'll be back and she'll be talking about uh, her her book that she just wrote. We'll also have probably a. Canada Day special somewhere in there because it's going to oh, be July, uh-huh. and after that we'll have uh, from the Ginger Snaps. Uh, where's that? Okay, Amy Cool from the Ginger Snaps. She'll be with us as well. So there we go. Okay, got a great lineup already. You <laughs> Sounds like fun. So it's going to be fun.
1: Warm weather and a great lineup—you can't beat it. Yes, it's
0: supposed it's to get really warm today. Enjoy the long you. weekend, guys, and um, go read
2: Time Shards. Yes. Vic- yes. Happy yes,
1: Victoria yes. Day to
0: all. To all the Canadians to and uh, happy just every day for their American friends and American <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else for you, Dad? Uh, happy birthday again, Dominic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So. yeah. 14 now. My God. You're gonna grow facial hair soon. I already am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Until next time.
4: Take care. You say that real, but Jesus don't believe
0: in them. Nancy, you maybe should make one of these Passover dinners. You know how they go.
1: Well, I did. You know, as a child, we had, you know, with my grandparents. Oh, why don't you, know you make
0: one? It? Well, just invite all of us. We'll oh, go.
1: my knowledge is so limited. But you really need well, to go. Your knowledge you is limited. I'll bring no. you chicken. Yeah.
0: I'll bring the live chicken. <laughs>
1: <Anyway>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have to go look up that, what that particular one is, where they, yeah, spin, they spin the chicken all right over the head. Yeah. What? The, they all spin what? the chicken. What they
0: do is they they get on the wall and they basically put their sins, if I remember correctly, they yeah. put their sins yeah. on yeah. the yeah. chicken,
3: yeah, right.
0: And then 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 the, the kind of the, the slate is wiped clean. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Yeah. Poor chicken. That would that's... sound
3: crazy if we didn't believe stupider things in our, our every other religion, too. Very
0: true. Yeah. Well, that that's poor chicken funny. winds up at KFC after that. So not Very only true. are you eating the fat and the fatty chicken, you're getting all the sins, too.
3: Where it, if it had been a lobster, you'd be stoned to death. For that.
5: That's <laughs> true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all you Christians are meeting at Red Lobster after church. It's like, shame on you. Oh boy. I'm oh.
4: working backwards in the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack em. the parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a second. Don't mean it sounds so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful that many atheists are told to be quiet let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be.